Thanks, Lucas. When I'm not taking a four-day hiatus off Twitter because I know assholes will leak no way home in any shape or form possible, I'm Lucas Whitney. Welcome back to Bacon Wire. I got Carter. I got Spartan Dog with me. Um, Waffle, can I just start off by saying that, <laughs> you know, waffles are just the superior breakfast food. Uh, yeah, pancakes, pancakes are overrated. Yeah, I'm not in really pancakes ca- at all. Don't really care for waffles are sturdier. They have a better base. You have to um, make and, a really good pancake. You have to yeah. make a really good one. And, you know, you got to jazz it up with all this shit. Fuck that. Like, just give me a waffle with some whipped, with some whipped ass butter. Yeah. Some thick ass maple syrup. Yep. And I, I'm good to go. Maybe a little powdered sugar. You know, mm. that's but waffles are greater than pancakes, folks. Uh, anyway, signing day. Yeah, we're going to let Carter steal the wheel on this because I read it. I read your great article on Keontae Goodwin. So that, that caught me up a little Thank bit. Um, but yeah, go ahead and send us off. Thank you. Yeah. OK, so as most people know, today was uh, early national signing day. And it was actually one to pay attention to as Michigan State fans, you know, because we uh, the last couple of years of the the, the Twilight D'Antonio years, recruiting wasn't really a huge focus of that staff. But the new staff, Tucker, uh, all those guys, they care about recruiting a lot more. And we had a pretty big day. Uh, yeah, we didn't end up with Keontae Goodwin, unfortunately. He reaffirmed his commitment with Kentucky. So, uh, in my opinion, I think that landing Goodwin really just would have been the uh, the cherry on top of a really good day. Uh, but we don't have that, unfortunately. But we'll be all right. I mean, we still signed a class that uh, I'm looking at 247 here, 20, 21st in the nation, top five in the Big Ten. Uh, there's five four stars here. Um, I went a little in depth. I watched uh, the film on some of our guys. So I was just going to break down some of the bigger ones that'll. And I'll mention a couple of the other guys as well. Uh, so starting off, uh, our first our first signee, or our highest rated signee is Alex Van Summeren, the defensive tackle from uh, Garber High School in Essexville, Michigan, 6'3", 300, 187th ranked player. He, to me, you know, I, when, I, when I watched the film, he was quick to get in the backfield. He's got a great get off. You know, it's, it's hard to block that guy. He plays with that nasty kind of edge that you want your defensive tackle, your defensive lineman uh, to play with. He showed a little versatility. There were a couple different clips of him playing uh, like off the edge as well. And uh, I, but I think, you know, mostly at Michigan state, he's going to be a three tech defensive tackle um, in his get off though. Like I did think it was good, but what I would like to see is I want to get him. I want to see him get lower because in that get off, he jumps, he brings his body up real high. And you want to keep your body real low when you're when you're playing defensive tackle, but uh, he's going to pad level. Yeah, it's about pad level, but he's going to be really exciting. Uh, and then next up is probably the wonder boy of this class, uh, quarterback Kate Hauser, St. John Bosco, Bellflower, California, 6'3", 200, 216th ranked nationally. Uh, as we know, over the summer, he dominated Elite 11 camp. Uh, there's a I cut on that film and there was a lot to like there uh, a lot. Uh, he's got fluid mechanics on throws. He looks like such a pro. He's got insane ball placement, nice touch on it. He's a really smart player. You know, he makes, he makes, he doesn't take too many risks and he makes pretty smart plays. Uh, he has great mobility as well. Uh, if he can, if he tucks and runs, he's got some decent speed uh, quarterback and 
he can evade a couple tacklers. Uh, I'm watching him in the pocket, and I really like his active feet. You know, he's not a, he's not a statue in the pocket. He can move around a little bit. Um, I do want to see a little more velocity on the throws. Uh, he has some really nice touch passes, but um, but I, I want to see him kind of put a little more zip onto that ball. But uh, I Hauser's probably you know a three four year starter, and he's going to be damn good for a long time. Then there's Dylan Tatum, West Bloomfield, Michigan. 5'11", 190. Not sure if he's a corner or safety or running back yet. I guess they'll find that out when he gets to uh, when he gets to start practicing. 252nd nationally. He's an athlete, and I mean, you know, they list him as an athlete. He certainly is one. Um, I liked him at both positions when I was watching the tape. At running back, he has really good burst. He just gets through the line real easily, and once he gets to that second level, he can turn on a second gear of speed. He's got good vision. He keeps his feet moving. He's real fast. Uh, and then even at safety or corner, wherever he's playing in the defensive backfield, he's very fast. He's, he's really good at diagnosing plays. That's kind of what I saw of a lot of the secondary guys we recruited is they're real fast at diagnosing those run plays and they get up, get up to the line quick and blow them up. Uh, Dylan Tatum, he, he's a fundamental tackler. He's a real hard hitter. So a lot of good things on his tape as well. I like to see where they end up playing him. Um, once he gets to Michigan State, you know, I don't know if you guys have anything to say. I've been talking for a little while. I got a couple more guys to break down. No, I um, and, and you know, obviously we're 21st in the class just based on uh, just based on the high schoolers who sent in NILs, NLIs today. Uh, but when you factor in the when you factor in the work we've done in the transfer portal mm-hmm. and and, you know, remember the the work isn't over like the 20. 20- like this class isn't done yet. Yep. There's still, there's still some guys out there potentially, you know, whether it be in the portal or in high school, you know, where, you know, it's easier to get released from an NLI than ever. Uh, it's easier to, um, it's easier to, to transfer than ever. And I think, I think this is going to be a class that we don't see the full picture of until April. You know, when you factor in the transfers like Jalen Berger, like Jalen Berger and um, Windman, and today Chris uh, is it Duke? Bogle. Bogle? Bogle and Chris Bogle, you know, we have we have the 18th ranked. We have the 18th ranked class national. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for the majority of the class, Tucker was recruiting off a two and five covid season. He was basically selling hopium for a lot of these guys. And they all took, and they all, and they all saw the vision, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, our friend Spartan Ryan put it really well. I think, I think when, when the dust settles on the Mel Tucker era at Michigan state, this is probably going to be a second worst class, you know? So mm-hmm. I, so, you know, all the naysayers out there who are like, Oh, fifth place class in the big 10 East. Uh, you know, Tuck coming. Uh, Tuck is coming, right? This isn't. This isn't. Uh, this isn't your mama's. This isn't your mama's MSU, where they get two stars from Ohio, in Michigan, and try to build them up, and you know, and then when they get lazy, the the team falls off a fucking cliff. No, this team, this staff, this team is going to go every day every practice, every session, right? Mel Tucker was on the phone with Keontae Goodwin 
15 minutes before he committed. That's not giving up. Damn. Right? Kentucky Kentucky Ugh. offered him in seventh grade. He's had a relationship with that staff since since his ball since his balls dropped. And <laughs> Hey man, you see how big that kid is? They probably dropped. He was like twelve or something. He probably had a full grown beard in like sixth yeah. grade. It's uh, what's that line? And I love you, man. With uh, with J.K. Simmons was talking about. He had a bush like a Serbian, uh, like oh. a Serbian, like a Serbian swimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they just looked at him when he was twelve, and they're like, "Got a certified chode." Tuna can. Tuna can. They're goosed. They're I'm, goosed. They're wearing I'm, goose suits. I'm bummed we miss out on Goodwin, but you know, it's tough to to lose attachment to a to a team that has been with you for what seven years or not seven years, like six, seven years. I get it. And like it was I'm a, always, go ahead, go ahead. It was a ridiculously hard decision for him. I mean, it, he delayed his he, he delayed his commitment twice. I mean, I think Michigan, I mean, that to me, that clearly shows that Michigan State made a really strong impression. Right. Uh, but he, but he went, he went with the loyalty. He went with what was in his heart. And I actually, I really respect that from him. Yeah. Like he didn't, I, he didn't play it for drama. Like the more like you, like you guys were telling me it was delayed, I'm like, man, he's really thinking about this. He didn't strike me as the guy who's just like, nah, I'm going to fuck with everybody. Um, and I'm never going to, like I've always said on this pod, I'm never going to shit on a kid for, de- for not coming to MSU. Because it's the toughest decision of their young life. And it's going to be the toughest decision for a while. And, I mean, it's a, it's a mid-tier SEC team. But, I mean, they have a shot with him. They have a shot to do something. I don't think they're going to get to a title game. But, like, I mean, he's, he's going to play against the best of the best. And, you know, he's going to get to measure up against Bama, Georgia, uh, Florida, all those blue bloods in, in this conference. So I don't blame him there. But, it man... I was really hoping. I was really hoping because I don't get butt hurt over recruits anymore. Ever since Jabari Parker, that's my yeah. rule. But I think I was too. I really like our class, and it's twenty first. And like you said, yeah, this is probably going to be on the lower end for Tucker. So I'm I'm right there with you guys. I'm not trying to just echo your thoughts, but I mean, <laughs> and I really I, I just I don't take much stock into it, especially with what we do with the transfer portal. Like, I mean, yeah. I take stock into it, but, you know, like people are going to go oh, 21st class, ha, ha, ha. But then, you know, they look at what we did with Kenneth Walker and some of these really clutch transfers and, you know, they really shouldn't be laughing. So, And even with high school recruits from even last year, when they were like still like a, like a 40 ranked class or whatever it was last year, you know, they were still ranked really low. I mean, yeah. you know, some of those, some of the freshmen that they got in that class did make an impact, but still, you know, numbers yeah. wise, it wasn't Darius, spectacular. Darius Snow. Darius Snow. Uh, yeah, he was example. a he was a twenty twenty. Oh, he was. Oh, yeah. But like Chuck, right. but like Chuck, like Chuck Brantley, made kind of an immediate yeah. impact. So, yeah, he was worth it. Even even if it was just that pick against Michigan, worth it. Hey, hey, you know, and you know, Wingington coming. That's all I got to say. Yeah. yeah, could see him on the offensive line. I think that the offensive line is going to be you know, completely re retooled because a bunch of guys are going to be uh, graduating and headed out. So you can get a shot. And I Tucker mean, already said, and Tucker already said, we're hopping back in the portal for a left tackle. Yeah, we're already, we're already going to, we're already, yeah. we're already back in it. So, you know, that's the thing. Tucker, Tucker doesn't lose any sleep. He goes, stop he goes, all right. He goes, well, 
Okay. And he just, and he keeps going. He's relentless. Right. And you know, we're going to portal. Right. We're going to win these five-star battles. Right. It takes, it takes time. Yeah. I mean, you know, any, any asshole can go, any asshole can win 10 games. Right. Look at fucking uh, Gene Chizik. Right. Or fucking dipshit won a national title. (laughs) Yeah. I think Tommy Tuberville won 10 games. He won a bunch I'm pretty sure he won a shit. He might've gone 12 and 0. Yeah. I mean, fucking Tommy Tuberville went 12 and 0. Yeah. Um, oh. <laughs> oh, fuck. What was I going to say? Scott Frost had a legitimate claim in a national championship. Yeah. <laughs> um, it could just... be worse. It could be worse. You know, as much as losing out on Goodwin and Amari Winfield kind of kind of suck right now. We have great players. The future is brighter than ever. Like we said, this class is built mostly off of a two and five COVID season where they looked completely, completely disorganized, completely dysfunctional. The performance varied from game to game. Imagine what we're going to do with the 23 class when we have an eight win turnaround, a new year's six bull bid, a Doke Walker award, multiple award winners, first team, all Americans all over the place. Uh, The big 10 coach of the year. Um, so this, so, you know, it, it is what it is eventually, but we'll be fine. You know, we'll be fine. My, my thoughts on the five stars eventually, like it took D'Antonio four recruiting cycles to hit a five star. Um, William Golston. Am I, I'm pretty sure that's, he was the first five star. He was. Yeah. He yeah. Won, it was a class of 2010. And I mean, that was just fucking massive. I remember being a, uh, uh, regular on the 24-7 boards at that time and I mean when he came it, it felt like it felt like bigger things were coming and, and that really did bode true like you know we won had two back-to-back 11 win seasons and then he was really good in 2012 and it was like yeah no shit you're going pro um, but and then we, I think it was McDowell a five-star wasn't he? Malia yeah. was who, who was the Roland one? Roland Martin? Was that one of them? Who was that? I know that was in your article card. I'm trying to figure out. Which one? Which article of mine? The one about, oh, okay, it was a long time ago. Never mind. Yeah, Roland Martin from MSU. He was a, It said he was a five-star. Uh, 2008. Okay. Yeah, I got to figure. It said that in the article, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, I'm not worried. I'm not worried, and uh, I don't care what other fan bases are going to say. Um, it's been nice not to have to see the Don Thomas tweet digs at us. Not There's been lie. some. There's not been a couple, lie. but but you know have... what? It's funny because you know his brother, his brother, plays in the CFP in two weeks, and here he is, and <laughs> here he is staring at our here he is staring at our board. Who gives yeah, a fuck? Just fuck him. I haven't cares? but um, I mean, I don't have anything else to add with football. I mean, next week we can, I know we're having, we're going to have blueprint Trev on to talk Spider-Man and everything. It could be. And you know what? It could be way fucking worse. Uh, we could be Florida state. 
Oh my goodness. Lucas, <laughs> it sucks you're not on Twitter. I because... I saw what happened, but go ahead and give me more context. So after the after the announcement was made, where what was the kid's name again? Something Jackson? Travis Chris, Hunter. Travis, Travis Hunter. Hunter. Not even fucking close. After <laughs> well, he Travis, went to Jackson State, so you got yeah, that right. There we go. After Travis Hunter decommitted from Florida State and flipped to Jackson State, right? Travis Hunter, the number one recruit in the country. Kid's insanely good. The entire country goes, <laughs> I'm going to go play for an FCS school. Because of Dion. Because of Dion, uh, a Twitter space popped up titled oh, Fire no. Mike Norvell. <laughs> Lucas, at one point in this Twitter space, uh, director of Moonlight and If Beale Street Could Talk, Barry, Barry Jenkins? Jenkins. Barry Jenkins was a listener in this chat called <laughs> called Fire Mike Norvell. It was unbelievable. Academy Award nominee Barry Jenkins. Academy Award winner Barry Jenkins. Yeah, he was a producer for Moonlight. And he won anyone screenplay. That's right. I gotta look it up again. Uh, <laughs> that would be hilarious if like you knew who that is and like your space, you all of a sudden you see a check mark. Listener. There were so many check marks in there. RG3 was chilling in there for a while. <laughs> uh, fucking like the Bet MGM account was in there. Uh, USA Today Sports. I saw Colton. I saw a bunch of athletic writers <laughs> well, like Colton. EA Sports and MGM accounts are like the interns, like just like, oh shit, whoops, I'm in the wrong. Whoops, I'm not in my own account. <laughs> That's and awesome. it was it was awesome. Because if you got invited to speak and you didn't open your comments with fire Mike Norvell, you were kicked out of the chat. You were <laughs> kicked out of the space. Dude, I, I, had see, a... I did see a, a picture of a of an FSU fan uh, putting his glass encased Deion Sanders memorabilia in a fire. And I'm like, you're only playing yourself, dude. Like, the joke's on you. Like, you know, you could... Fire Mike Norvell and hire Deion Sanders. And Travis Hunter's probably going to follow him. <laughs> yeah, all these guys will follow him. It, you could literally do what USC did with Lincoln Riley. Just take, like, like uh, AJ Vars legend, he's coming home. Like, when mama comes calling, Florida State should just hire him. <laughs> Man, they've just totally fucked up these last two hires. It's so fucking funny. Well, I just a lot of Florida State fans. A lot of Florida world. State fans brought this up, and I think, and I think this is actually a good point. Like, I think they, I think they kind of fucked over Charlie Strong. I think he was a panic or Willie Taggart, not Charlie Strong. Willie yeah, Taggart. Yeah. I think, I think they fucked over Willie. A lot of Florida, the sentiment among Florida State fans, at least the ones who spoke in the space and spoke about it, were uh, they really fucked over Willie Taggart because. He was a panic hire. Everyone, everyone knew Jimbo was leaving, but Florida State apparently. Uh, yeah, the Christmas tree. Yeah, they just went and poached. They just went and poached Willie Taggart because they could, and they didn't give him the time or resources necessary to kind of put the pieces back together after a massive after a massive shit show after a massive shit show grenade goes off in your program like that. Hmm. And then you know you turn around to and then you turn around to Mike Norvell and you just go figure it out. <laughs> like 
Well, uh, here's what he had to do. So, you know, once you figure it out. Um, yeah, wasn't he, wasn't Taggart after fired after two years or three? I think I it was two. Was, it was two. I'm pretty sure he just had 2018 and 19. Yeah. He didn't even finish 19. I'm yeah, pretty sure I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he got fired with three games left in, in 19. Yeah. He got fired on November 3rd, 2019. Um, yeah, I mean, I, that's tough. I hate, I hate that shit about the coaching carousel, but, um, that is just so fucking awesome. I can't wait to get back on and check that shit out. Um, yeah, I mean, D- they should just hire Dion. I just don't understand. Florida State probably has – I mean, how much money do you think they have? I mean, it'd be stunning if they – I mean, shit, Jim, Jimbo Fisher left because of his divorce, I think. Something like that. Like, he part of his reason for leaving was divor- a divorce settlement or some bullshit to get away from Florida State. So I'm not sure. But, I mean – Florida State, I mean, under Bobby Bowden was, I mean, almost untouchable. And then in what, five years, it's just pissed down the drain. Like that, that's so fucking funny. Like just, I guarantee they're going to, they're going to hire him within, they're going to hire Dion within the next mm, 18 months, 18 months. Yep. By next summer, 2023, he will be, he will be at Florida State. They should, they should have done that at the beginning. Just do a Herm Edwards hire. Hire Dion as your head coach and just load up the assistants and, like, make him the CEO, and holy shit, they would be back. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Dion needs the money. No. And he also – he does NFL Network and he does Barstool. So, like, he's just doing this for fun. And if you give him Florida State, you give him his alma mater – that's just a no-brainer that they might miss out on him. They might fuck up and someone else will hire him. That would be even funnier. Um, do we want to talk about the Heisman at all or just kind of drive I mean, by it? What happened happens. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know. It's a fucking joke. Duh. I mean, the Heisman Trophy has just become SEC or Oklahoma quarterback of the year. And and the current flavor. Yeah. Like, the, and the then hot they, news of the last week and a half. And then they invite and then they invite the guys who had segments on college game day in the last six weeks. Right. Um, so least our boy won the Doak Walker and the Walter Camp. That shit fucking rules. Yeah, and that matters because that's voted on by people who actually know football and not geriatric fucks who can't string sentences together. So they uh no ball. They do no ball. Yeah. Um all right. So talk some hoops. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, it. we finally got minutes from Steven Izzo. That's how I benchmark success against teams against teams <laughs> is does Steven Izzo get minutes and should Steven Izzo get minutes right against a team like Penn state where, you know, Michael Shrewsbury is still kind of picking up the pieces of that program a little bit, you know, Penn state's probably going to be a a kind of bottom program in the big 10 this year. Um, They were probably set to be the worst program in the big 10. And then uh, Nebraska got, and then Nebraska ball got is getting caught bag dropping. So um, that's not great because their bag dropper um, would rather gamble than actually let go of the bag. 
So that not great. It's not a good look. No, I mean we got a couple really good uh, convincing Big Ten wins uh, this past these these past couple of uh, these games. Um, I know they kind of let Minnesota hang around for a little bit towards the end of the game, but you know I did I never really thought the game was in any real danger. I just think Minnesota uh, didn't have the pride to give up, even though they had been down by. 20 and I think it took them like midway through the second half to hit a three. This Michigan State team is defending really well. They're shooting the ball really well. Bingham looks really good. Uh, you get, you're getting what you're getting from Gabe Brown, Malik Hall as well. I think we've seen a little bit of improvement from Joey Hauser as well, but I think the biggest thing is point guard play. Like that was the whole reason this team was as bad as they were last year is just because there was no point guard play. And now that you have Tyson Walker and what he does, you know, how he's able to control tempo, push pace, uh, find open shooters, find guys who aren't even open. Like I've seen him make passes that have led guys to get open. It's, it's remarkable. He's also an incredible defender as well. Um, I'm kind of disappointed that it's that we don't play again for like another week because they're really fun to watch or something. Yeah. Against Oakland. And they're because they're really fun to watch. And uh, I wish we could see them some more, you know. Uh, and then when they played Penn State, yeah, Penn State's just not very good. Penn State somehow had one fast break point and we had like 30. So <laughs> that was kind of, that, that was kind of the deciding factor in that game. Uh, so I I think we're really good. I really do. I, I think well, I, I think we can be really good. Um, the ingredients are all there. And if they keep cooking together, I, I'm i really – oh, I don't want to say it, but I kind of want to say it. I think we can contend for the Big Ten. I believe no, I absolutely can. I don't – yeah, I don't think top – I don't think top four is out of out – of I don't think saying it's, Michigan State's a top four team in the Big Ten, both right now and just when the dust is – when the dust settles, I don't think that's a – No. I don't think that's a bold or a homer statement. Well, like, Carter, Carter, you totally called it last week when you said Purdue can't keep this up. Like you looked at their numbers and how they just shoot the shit out of the ball. And then what that night or the next night they lost to Rutgers. Yeah. And then they played close with uh, NC state. They got taken overtime. They were trailing by double digits plus oh. in the second half of that game. They, they worked their way back and won because they're obviously, you know, a better team than NC state, but right. They still they like they have shown they have shown their belly they have shown vulnerability they are completely they are completely vulnerable. And Michigan, I mean, Just I kind of look at, I kind of look like a look at what we went through last year when you don't have a point guard that can take command and say this is my team. They have yeah they so just much. have to go ahead go ahead. Yeah, they just have to replace a lot like losing losing uh, Mike Smith losing uh, Franz Wagner. Sean D. Brown, you know, all those guys who are who were contributors. And yeah, they brought in a couple, you know, good five-star players. Caleb Houston and Musa Diabate have been really good this year, but they can't, you know, you can't rely on those young guys to carry you. Right. Uh, they gotta and, get their legs under them too for, for mm-hmm. adjusting to the new game for for the new level. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and for what it's worth, Devontae Jones has been a solid enough point guard for them, but he's not doing what Mike Smith was doing in terms of defending, shooting the ball, facilitating all that. Like, it's an obvious drop-off, and I think it's been kind of why. Like, they that team can't shoot the ball well at all right now, and that's kind of why they've lost a couple games. I mean, they just, got, they just got beat by Minnesota. 
it's at the point now with Michigan where, uh, you know, you start to wonder if the things that go wrong with them are no longer bugs, but features. Right. Like MSU was, yeah. MSU was kind of in a similar spot last year, right. Where they would lose games. They should have, um, they look sloppy. There's a lot of me ball going on. Uh, you know, the, their lineups are being thrown, being thrown into the game seemingly at random. Yeah. There's no real cohesiveness with between teams. And, you know, it's just, it, it looks bad. I think Phil Martelli was like, fuck you, do it yourself. <laughs> He's like, I'm taking a year off. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> just hanging out. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think there's a chance they could get it together. You know, I'm not going to count them out unless like, Unless they're just they just have a losing record like halfway through the Big Ten season, then it's like, yeah, you're not you're not doing anything. But it reminds me a lot of last year's team, and also like, yeah, I mean, it's kind of funny how or kind of it makes me appreciative of how consistent we've been with Tom Izzo for 25 years. Like us, Duke, Kansas, and Syracuse are probably the only four who can say that, and like Michigan if they keep this pattern up, they will miss the tournament. They will that if they keep this up, how it's like, literally you win one game and lose like two or like, you know, two in a row and then win one, they're going to lose. They're going to miss out. I don't think they're going to, I think they have the talent to sneak in, you know, like the nine, 10 seed worst case scenario. And like make a run to the sweet 16. They, they have the talent and the coaching, but I mean, I'm not nervous about them anymore. I think we can hang with them. And with how Tyson – what's that? We can beat them. Well, we I'm, should I'm, beat them. I'm confident we can beat them. I still think we're going to split because I'm going to give them home court at Chrysler until we play that game and we just – if we work them over, then I'll be like, yeah, because I think we play them January pretty pretty quickly, don't we? January 8th. Shit. Twice in January, I think. Yeah, that's <laughs> bullshit. Like – that should, it, it should be – It's 2019 was perfect. Like, first week of February, first week of March. That's perfect. But whatever. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious to see how they're going to look. And uh, Purdue doesn't – Purdue, I think they're still going to win the Big Ten, but we we don't play at Mackey, so that favors us. And, that, and Breslin is going to be loud as shit for that game. Yeah, Purdue but. definitely looks uh, – Purdue definitely looks a little more – I think you said it vulnerable. You know, they don't, they don't look like the, they don't look like the world beaters they were sold to us as. Because they, they look really fucking scary for the first couple of weeks. Like they look like they might lose two or three games max and they still might. But I mean, it, it's, if, if they run in, I want to see how they play when big 10, when big 10 play, like really start, like obviously Rutgers beat them, but like the really good defensive teams like Wisconsin, I'm really curious to see how, um, you know, they handle that. And like us, you know, with Tyson Walker, I mean, he plays defense better than any point guard I can remember seeing. And since, you know, probably early Izzo days or like Mateen era. Um, And I'm, and I I think Christie is going to be fine. His shots are going to fall and he keeps shooting. Yeah, He keeps shooting. And that's what I like. He shoots till the clip is empty. Right. I think the thing with Christie is, 
his rhythm looks good and he makes good decisions on when to shoot yes. the ball. Right. Yeah. Like he's not hucking the ball at the net or shooting air balls. He's not doing like 35 foot shots. He's he's methodical with his decision making, and I'm fine with him missing those. Right. He's taking good shots and he's missing close. Yeah. Right. They're gonna fall. There's, they will fall. there's gonna be a day where it's gonna click and he's gonna find the bottom of the net. He's gonna score 35 points, and it's just gonna be this oh shit moment. So I, you know, I'm not worried about Max Christie. I'm really not. I think this team is probably one of the most sound defensive teams I've yeah, seen at, yeah. at least since I've been a student at Michigan state. It's up there. I mean, that 2011, 12 team where we were a one C was really good defensively. Um, man. Yeah. I mean, 29, nine and 10, 10, 11 weren't as good or eight, nine, nine, 10. They were pretty decent, but yeah, definitely in the last 10 years for me, especially I'm right there with you on that. Um, and I, and you know, Izzo, they mentioned, they mentioned it on the, I, I think it was the Minnesota broadcast uh, where Izzo compares this team to his 15 team, right? Where there's not, where hmm. there's, I, I don't know if it was the Minnesota game or the Penn state game, but the, the, the broadcasters wouldn't shut the fuck up about how Izzo compared <laughs> this year's team to the 15 team where there's not one person you have to account for and you can cripple the offense. Right. Right. Every, everyone can, everyone can kill you on any given night and you basically just have to pick your poison. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it just, it's nice to have that depth and versatility. Like it's nice to see Bingham become a double, double machine essentially. And, you know, block the shit out of the ball. Um, and it's nice to see Gabe really contributing because I think that's what we all agreed on is that he needs to be a huge impact on this team in order for us to be successful because we don't want to put it all on Christy. Um, no, yeah. And, and go ahead, go ahead. And I think it helps too that uh, you know AJ Hog Hogard is is really uh, finding his feet, so to say. He's, he's just finding he's finding he's finding his, his, finding his footing. <laughs> Uh, you know, sometimes uh, his play, Lucas, this is a reference for Lucas and all my Spielberg heads out there who've seen West Side Story. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I want to pull him aside and go, boy, boy, crazy boy. <laughs> oh like, like he, he, he's got a rocket in his pocket sometimes. <laughs> uh, and, you know, he, he can play a little messy, but, you know, when he kind of plays within himself and lets... And I think I think this was said on the Penn State broadcast as well. When he plays within him, when he lets the game come to him, mm-hmm. he's a much better player, right? Yeah. He just needs to learn that patience. He just needs to he needs to take half a Zan before he steps out onto the court, and he'll just be he'll be good. Yeah, there's going to be that game where he. I mean, he did well against Kansas, but like, there's going to be that game in a crucial game like Purdue or something where he just. Like you said, for Christie, it clicks where he just makes good decisions. He draws a lot of fouls and he helps them, you know, with Tyson also f- spelling him or, you know, being the majority of minutes is a big part of a win or multiple. And, but like, I just I mean, we're nine and two, we're top 12. And man, it feels good to be back in this position after last year, just being, I think this time last year, we were all pumped because we beat Duke in that Champions Classic. But like, or, you know, the quote-unquote champ. No, that was a Big Ten ACC challenge. That's right. 
Um, but like, it feels good to be back in a normal season and like, I'm not trying to sound confident cocky, but it's, it's good to feel back to be back to where we feel we deserve to be like to where we feel like we belong. Yeah. And, and I'm not I trying to be cocky, but that's how I feel as an MSU basketball fan. Right. And it's just nice to kind of, you know, it's nice to look forward to watching MSU basketball. again. Yeah. Uh, because last year, last year wasn't pretty. <laughs> it just, I mean, it was very Jekyll and Hyde. Like you were going to get, uh, you were going to get, uh, you were going to get a good team or you were going to get a team that couldn't, that couldn't dribble a ball, uh, you know, twice in a row without turning it over. So. Yeah. But we got that pretty cool Michigan game out of them. That was yeah. like Chris Farley show. Remember that Michigan game? That was, that was cool. Um, who, okay. So we have Oakland next and then high what, what, huh? High point. Yeah. So we have, uh, we have Oakland and high point. So two, you know, kind of tune up games, uh, Oakland lost their, uh, spiritual leader, Braden Burke. He has left the program. So super spreader. He's traveling to, to every, <laughs> to every school. Yeah, he's traveling to every university in the country. He's a super spreader. Uh, you know, that's not fair. He had the worst case of COVID. In no, leave history. him alone. No slander will be tolerated on their name. <laughs> yeah, don't come, don't come from, don't come for, don't come for my faves. Uh, <laughs> oh, I, but no, and you know, two kind of tune up games. Yeah. You know, can't be, can't be always gets his team up for these kind of matchups, especially the ones played on a neutral site. Campy's a hoot on Twitter. Yeah, Campy's fucking. I, yeah. I bet we could. I bet we could try to get him on this pod someday. I really do. I would love to talk to Greg Campy. I bet I, I'd love that too. He's like our Midwest Mike Leach in some ways. Not as crazy as yeah. Mike Leach, but I bet we could get him on. Yeah, I mean, I just want to like, like something like a lifer like that who was like. Yeah, I'm just gonna stay at this mid-major in like Auburn Hills, Michigan, for my entire career. When, you know, I'm sure he's had plenty of opportunities to take that step. Oh yeah, to to a to a power program. I'm 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 interested to hear someone like that's mindset. You know. Yeah that 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 should be one of my goal one of our goals for this off season or when after March is over for him or whenever he makes whenever his team is out respectfully. Uh okay I don't okay. Trying to think of what else basketball wise or anything. Oh, um, I did want to shout out Coach Tucker for what we knew was coming that we uh, gave Tate Meyer a uh, honorary scholarship, you know, for life, you know, for forever, a forever scholarship in his name. Um, that's just a fantastic thing. It's the right thing to do, and it's it's the it's the awesome thing to do, especially since we know he really wanted to be an MSU, and um, hopefully you know, that we will always, we'll always remember the sacrifice he made and um, how it would have been nice to have him here with us. So I just, I want to shout out Coach Tucker for the video he made today too. Yeah, yeah really, really cool gesture. Yep. I mean, phenomenal. I mean, we couldn't do anything because we didn't make, you know, Michigan, I, I'm not going to shit on them for what they did with Tate Meyer because, you know, there were some people going, well, he wanted to be a Spartan. It's like, that's it's it's above that at this point you know it's above a fucking rivalry i will say this i will say this the the we scored 42 points he wore 42 things yeah. fucking weird 
I'm sorry. That, that's on par with the Kobe stuff. Remember that yeah. happening? Uh, yeah, that's that was, that's that's big Kobe. That's that big was, Kobe was with us energy. When Hutchinson like, said that, I cringe because I'm like, dude, you're making this about yourself. This is just fucking you're weird. making you right. Like it's great. It listen, like four lives ended that shouldn't have ended. Yeah. Right. And it is well within your right as an institution within the state where that tragedy occurred to honor those people. Mm-hmm. Okay. But goddamn, that, that was too far. I'm sorry. That was too fucking far. The, the, we scored 42 for Tate w- was too fucking far. It, yeah. It was weird. You know, when you lose, when you lose by 42 to Georgia, are you going to say Tate was there with us? You fucking losers. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, so moving up, move along. Uh, move along. <laughs> um, so we're all, I mean, we're all going to see Spider-Man tomorrow night, right? Yes, sir. Yep. What time are you going, Carter? I'm going to the 715 showing. I will be at the, I will be at Celebration Cinema, and I'm not going to give the location, Uh at 5.30 p.m. enjoying uh, some IMAX screenings or an IMAX screening of Spider-Man. Uh, I have taken a hiatus from our little Twitter world because I don't trust some people uh, out of respect, but I don't want this movie spoiled and I've been looking up spoilers but weeks and months ago, but like now that like the movie's here, I'm just like, okay, lock it down. Don't want, don't, I don't want to know anything. Um, so uh, I don't know, I'm just I'm really I'm really excited to go back to like because okay so I went to see Rise of Skywalker opening night and I think that movie sucks but it was cool to be in that environment you know it was like the final Star Wars you know of that Skywalker saga and yeah I might have gotten some looks when Ray and uh, Kylo Ren kissed and I went oh my god. I may have gotten some looks to where people wanted to probably kick me out of the theater, but like, I'm excited to be in that kind of environment tomorrow night because I think we all know what's going to happen or one, one pivotal point, what's going to happen. So I'm really excited to see that with a group of people again, like a whole theater, you know, cheering and clapping and um, spitting and farting and farting. And and I believe Barack Obama will be there. Um, (laughs) I got a ticket next to him. So wow. my, my good friend Barack Obama will be <laughs> will be in attendance. My favorite theory, my favorite, my favorite uh home. This is a home baked theory that I'm telling Carter for the first time. Oh uh, yeah. uh the two Sparter people who are gonna help uh Peter at the end of the movie aren't gonna be uh who we think they are. Uh, it's going to be Spider Ham from Into the yes. Spider Verse. And uh, Topher Grace's Venom. John <laughs> Topher Grace. Yep, John, a, a cartoon pig in Topher Grace. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I, will, I will cringe so hard if he pops out of the portal and just goes, hey, Parker. Like, he <laughs> like oh! I'll do the Jerry Seinfeld gif where like, he just like, <laughs> just leaves. Um, I would love to see <laughs> Willem Dafoe interact with Spider-Ham. Ah, Spider Ham, uh, what are you doing here? 
What's um, this cartoon doing here? Who are you calling a who are you calling a cartoon? <laughs> who are you calling a cartoon? <laughs> I just made him Jerry Seinfeld, whatever. Yeah. Um that'd be great, Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> um yeah. What's the deal with all these villains? What's the deal with these portals? So many of them opening. Why don't you close them? Why'd you do that, Spider-Man? Why'd you do that? Is there a portal where the age of consent is lower than 18? I gotta know. <laughs> I, I should have seen that coming. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know, look up Jerry Seinfeld like relationships. That's all I'm going to say. It's it's pretty gross. He uh, dropped he dropped his girlfriend off at high school. Like fucking, uh, like fucking Seth Rogen. Slips. Yeah, like Seth Rogen in Pineapple Express. <gasps> oh, I need to watch that movie again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, and I'm I'm excited. You know, like I I want to see obviously No Way Home. We're going two times this week, and I want to see The Matrix. And I know it's probably going to be really dumb and shitty, but I'm a Matrix fan, so I want to watch that. And then, um, shit, I can't remember what else comes out, but that might be it for a while. Like this might be my big movie week, and then for a while I'm like done. Like kind of like with Tenet, I went and saw that when it opened up in Portage, and then I didn't go to a theater until like King Kong came out or Godzilla's Kong came out, so I could see that. Unless I don't know when Doctor Strange is opening up. March. Well, I think they May. delayed it again. May. Um, I did hear that we might get a trailer tomorrow night for it, like when you like at the end of the movie. For Doctor Strange too, like it might be the post credits. It might be like the final, yeah, the post credit scene. I've heard they said like there's obviously one mid credit scene, and then they're like <clears throat> Disney said there is a post credit scene, but they wouldn't show us. So people are like, we're pretty sure it's Doctor Strange too, like it's a preview, which would be pretty sick. I'm excited yeah. for that movie. I've been I've been reading the rumors about that movie, and I that's gonna be fucking nuts. You, yeah, remember remember at the po- remember the post credit scene for the first Avenger was just like the Avengers trailer. Yeah, yeah, it was like him punching the bag, and then Nick Fury showed up and was like, "Hey, why don't you come help us?" Then all of a sudden, yeah, cut to like the one of the highway action scenes or something. Um, yeah, you gotta watch hockey. I keep calling it hockey. Um, hockey. Hawkeye. Hockey. I gotta watch Hawkeye. I gotta watch Hawkeye. Hawkeye. I wonder how it ends. I wonder I how Spider-Man pre- ends. Does Spider-Man win? I'm a fan of Bayern Munich, but I'm gonna make fun of predictable shit. Ooh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> he doesn't. Li- he doesn't listen to this fucking no, podcast. He no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. But watch, he will listen to this, or someone. <laughs> someone's gonna tell him, and then he's gonna go, "Yeah, I listened to it." And. He's probably yeah. gonna listen to it while he's probably gonna listen to it while hiding from the feds because we don't know where it was on January sixth. <laughs> I, I was waiting for it. <laughs> um, so yeah, we're gonna come back next week for our uh, pre-Christmas extravaganza. We're gonna have our our buddy, uh, our good, our good friend, one of the few Michigan fans that I actually really enjoy. He's one of two. <laughs> he's one of uh, two. Not even on Twitter, just like one of two Michigan fans I enjoy, like period. I like Meta. I like Meta. JJW, he's cool. The yeah, other one, the other one is my childhood best friend I've known since first grade. So 
Um, we have our good friend, Blueprint Trev, uh, Trevor, Trevor IDK on Twitter. He's going to come on and uh, we're going to talk Spider-Man. We're going to talk, uh, we're going to preview Michigan, Georgia with him because he's been cool with us and we're going to talk that game with him and we might be brutally honest. You know, we might have the talk with him, you know, like as concerned parents, like, Hey, you might get your ass kicked in a couple days. So let's just, let's settle down here and lower your expectations. I don't boy, know. boy, crazy boy. <laughs> we should make a musical like a, a Trevor version of that song and have it ready. If he's like, yeah, Michigan's going to cover and win. I'll just I'll I'll load up the cast recording on on Spotify on my phone and I'll just hold it to the mic whenever it gets too out of control. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, we're and we're gonna yeah talk that we'll talk we'll talk other stuff we'll see we'll just bullshit with him because Trevor is Trevor's a bullshit guy he's, he's a cool guy he'll bullshit with us so yeah I think that's all we that's all I got for tonight what about you guys yeah uh, yeah I saw West Side Story it was a banger Lucas agrees. Yes. Uh, Spielberg's got a heater. Uh, I never, he's my goat. And yeah, he's, he's kind of been, I like, I like ready player one. And I know a lot of people don't. I enjoy that. The post fucks. The post does fuck. (sighs) I thought that was too pretentious. It was Meryl Streep. I hate. So like anything she's in, I'm just like, damn, I'm out. Not a fan. Yeah, But, but Tom Hanks doing this weird Boston accent that fucked. (laughs) Yeah, he, he was okay. He, he yeah, Tom Hanks is a is a goat, but like Spielberg's my goat. So like when I heard he did a, he was doing a musical, I'm like, man, he's doing West Side Story because I know a lot of people love the '60s movie and consider it like perfect. And I'm going, is he is he just, is he just setting himself up for failure? And then those reviews came in, you know, earlier last week, and they're like, man, this is really good. Like this might be one of his best movies ever, and. I went and saw it. I'm not a huge musical guy. I liked uh, La La Land, which I guess you consider it a musical. I do. I don't know about you, Spartanog. Uh, I do. Carter. I do. You guys call it a musical? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like Sweeney Todd, even though it's not a good movie. It's a good Halloween movie, and Johnny Depp just cheesing it up and being a being an emo boy is so fucking funny. Um, and yeah. And then seeing him, and anything Spielberg does, I'll watch. He could, he could film the Don Thomas home run video off of his uh, the T ball, and have like the filter and the cinematography, and I would call it yeah. like the best picture winner. Listen, if Johnny's Jarowski, uh, Johnny's Jarowski shot that video, it'd be a lot more entertaining. <laughs> Hoyt Van Hoytema, Christopher Nolan's cinematographer, yeah. shoots it. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I, uh, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, you know, I think, you know, they were dealt, they were dealt a few difficult Spielberg was dealt a few difficult hands. Yeah. A a pair of them particularly. Yeah. He had to, he had to (laughs) adapt a, he had to adopt a classic Titanic work of cinema. Yeah. Uh, you know, that people love and still respect and revere and, and mention, uh, you know, like this is I've seen bits and pieces like I of the 60s movie uh, I saw I've seen the America number like I, the I only an America told- number I I forgot how many jokes on on early family guy are just uh West Side Story references I I my familiarity with West Side Story is the curb episode Officer Krupke yeah and then um I feel pretty when 
uh, uh, Jack Nicholson makes Adam Sandler sing it in uh, Anger Management. To yeah, calm I'm... him down. That's the only association I have <laughs> with the movie beforehand. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. Spielberg's the all-time great, in my opinion. I mean, six decades of making bangers, and he did no signs of slowing down. And um, if he's listening, I love him very much. Um, I hope to one day call him a good friend. Maybe I can go to a premiere or something. And you know what, Steven, if you're listening, like you have an open invite out of the show, man. Yeah, you can yeah, go right? anytime. Don't be shy. Literally, <laughs> I'll quit. If it means quitting my job to have an interview with you, I'll fucking do it. I will leave work and I'll be like, this is fucking Spielberg, man. Um, I'll just, I, I love Jurassic Park so much. I'd probably just be like, hey, uh, was it pretty cool when you saw that T-Rex, like the animatronic? That was pretty cool, wasn't it? And you and, you and Carter asking him like in-depth questions. I'm sitting there, hey, uh, it was pretty cool with that shark and Jaws, wasn't it? I heard it was pretty hard to film. Yeah, and you know, obviously the other tough, the tough hand he was dealt was... Um, the pair of hands that I referred to earlier. <laughs> yeah, he was dealt an overly aggressive pair of hands. I, okay, don't cancel me. I thought he was good in the movie. Yeah, I think a lot of people, um, I think a lot of people were overly critical of his performance just because the allegation, just because right. of the stuff that's out there about him. Uh, but I thought he was pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, you know, from my understanding, uh, you know, Tony doesn't get a lot of development anyway. Right. And it, it uh, takes place in like two days. Right. Yeah. So it's, so it's like, you know, I think, I think the thing that helps this movie the most is um, Rachel Zegler's performance of Maria. Mm-hmm. Um, the Rita cast Moreno. around Rita Moreno. Um and, and like, if you go in recognizing that this is a Romeo and Juliet ad- adaptation, it, it ups the enjoyment level because you understand the framework this movie is based off of, mm-hmm. right? Because you're just not like, you're not looking at these two characters as, as people who are like, what the fuck are you two doing? Like, are you two fucking crazy? Yeah. Like, once it's you understand... Right, like once you understand that this is that this is an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet, like a lot of the timing of it gets a little more. Um, you get a lot more. You get a lot more slack for it. Right. Yeah, because I was we were getting having breakfast Saturday or Sunday morning. Cassie's like, you know, this is like a an adaptation of Romeo and Juliet. I'm like, hey, spoiler alert! And she's <laughs> like, what are you mad? I'm like. No, but I mean, I guess I know kind of know what happens now. So if it's common knowledge, and then I looked up the Wikipedia and that was like one of the first sentences. So I'm like, okay, all right, that makes sense. Like that's fine. Um no, I, I gave it I gave it a 95 out of hundred. Like it was it was phenomenal. Like I I loved it so much and not one that I'm gonna be like buy it and like watch it every couple days, you know, a couple months, but like yeah, I'm, I really enjoyed it. Um, my good. It's a beautiful. It's a beautiful movie. I, I've invested in a 4K Blu-ray player. I might. I might drop the 30 bones and get it. Get, get and cop it. I might. I might grab it. Like I bought La La Land in 4K, so that deserved it. Um, did you finish Succession? No, I'm on episode. Oh. I'm on. I'm. I'm working on it, dude. Okay. I'm busy. Fuck off. Well, that was Succession, by the way, Logan Roy. Um, 
I mean, I, I have like it. Ha- the one thing I will say that's cool about succession discourse on Twitter is like no one outright spoils it. No, you get hints. Yeah. Like I, I, I feel like I know what's coming oh, just dude. because I've been online. Yeah. Like I, but how, but I don't have the whole, I don't have the whole problem yet. So uh, I'm going to, I'm probably going to get back into it tonight. If my parents, you know, if my parents don't feel like watching Hawkeye with me. Right. Cause you know, well, that's kind of a thing. So we can all talk Hawkeye next week too. Cause we might yeah. record during the season finale or like the day after, you know, whatever fits. Um, all right. All right. We're going to, we're out guys. So we will talk to you next week. Uh, it's, I mean, we're probably going to talk about a win. So whatever. Uh, fellas, I'm out. We're out. Go green. Go white. Go white.